This is Hallway Chats, where we talk with some of the unique people in and around WordPress. Together, we meet and chat with folks you may not know about in our community. With our guests, we'll explore stories of living and of making a living with WordPress. Today's show is brought to you in part by Liquid Web. We sure know that there's a lot of choice when it comes to hosting your WordPress site. Liquid Web is the managed WordPress partner you've been waiting for. Whether you're a business owner, an agency, or a freelancer, Liquid Web has you covered when it comes to performance, uptime, and ease of site management. And one of the things we love most? When your content goes viral, Liquid Web doesn't charge you more for huge spikes in traffic. Transparent pricing, no surcharges. Liquid Web is offering Hallway Chats listeners 33% off for the first three months. Go to liquidweb.com and use the coupon code HALLWAYCHATS, all one word, to sign up. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 26. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we're recording at WordCamp US in Nashville at the Music City Center. And I'm Tara Clays. Today, we are excited to be talking with Bianca Welds. We're sitting here in the Music City Center with Bianca, and uh, she's here as the recipient of the 2017 Kim Parcells Memorial Scholarship. Bianca is a WordPress freelancer from Jamaica who's been working with WordPress since 2005. Welcome, Bianca. Thanks. Welcome, welcome. So, beyond what Tara just shared with us, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do, and just share. All right. Uh, So, well, as she said, I'm from Jamaica. Uh, That is where I live. It's where I have lived most of my life. I was actually born in Scotland, which is where my parents were working at the time. So I spent most of my life in Jamaica, in Kingston, Jamaica, the capital. I have actually lived in a few other places. I lived in Belgium for a year when I was 18. I lived in Miami for two years while I was studying. And I spent six months in Italy a few years ago. Um, So I do kind of take every opportunity I get to to live somewhere else. But Jamaica is home and it's where I always go back to. Yeah, it sounds like you've lived in some wonderful places. Yeah, I, I love traveling. So I'm always excited to, to visit somewhere new, revisit places that I've been. Um, so, yeah. Excellent. Tell us a little bit about the WordPress community in Jamaica. Ah, such as it is, it is largely non-existent it, in any structured way. Uh, there are a lot of WordPress users. There are a lot of freelancers that use WordPress. There are website agencies that use WordPress um, as their CMS. Um, but there really hasn't been any structured effort around the WordPress community. Uh, I have started some conversations, wanted to start some meetups from about two years ago. That's not really gotten off the ground yet, but I am resuming my efforts uh, when I go back this week, actually. So I have identified a couple of people who are interested, and so we're going to at least start with us, and then hopefully we can grow it from there. Um, It would be great to eventually, you know, do more substantial events, maybe one day a WordCamp. <laughs> so, yeah, hoping to see some some movement in that over the next year. That's exciting. It is. It is. 
Tell us about your uh, your journey into WordPress. How did you discover it and start working with it, especially if there's not much of a community there? Well, I so I have a technical background. I actually did a computer science degree and started out as a programmer. So I was a developer myself. And when I finally got around to wanting my own personal website, I was going to build it and code it myself. And as I started thinking about what I was going to want to put on it, I realized I was going to want to be updating it on a really regular basis. And I was like, this doesn't make sense for me to have to go in and change code every time. And so I started looking around and blogging was, it was becoming a thing. So Blogspot was kind of the lead hosted thing at the time. So I set up a blog on Blogspot and within the first day, I was like, okay, this is not going to work because I, I want to change things that I can't change um, because I was still a, a, a programmer at heart and I kept wanting to make changes and I just didn't have access. So I, I started looking around and WordPress popped up and I was like, oh, this is cool. And I realized, okay, I was going to have to buy a domain name. I was going to have to buy, you know, some hosting and I did that, and that was April, I think it was April of 2005. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I basically have not looked back. I've been using WordPress ever since. I've been on self-hosted all of, all of the time. I think I've only ever logged into the host, WordPress.com like once or twice, <laughs> um, just to see what it looked like. Um, but yeah, so 12 going on 13 years later, I'm still using WordPress. I eventually, after the first year or two, I started helping other people who wanted to migrate from Blogspot. So I, I helped them get set up on WordPress. Um, and, you know, that just kind of evolved into me eventually saying, okay, I guess I could charge people for this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I realized, okay, people do charge, you know, people for this. Um, but it really wasn't a thing that anybody was doing around me. So I didn't know there was a WordPress community. I didn't even know about WordCamps until many, many years later. Um, so I was just kind of doing my thing. And eventually I knew there were other people in Jamaica using WordPress, but we never made much of an effort to try and build a community around it. Uh, so I was always just kind of an outside observer of this virtual WordPress community. And then over the last couple of years, I... I guess for my part, I've been I've moved out of development in my own professional life and I started kind of saying, well, maybe I should, you know, kind of exercise my brain and kind of get back into that. And I started looking at WordPress development, which I've not really gotten into, but that also inspired my looking at the community around it. And so that's kind of how I started getting more involved and saying, well, maybe I should go to a WordCamp, you know, even if we don't have any here in the Caribbean, let me go to one, see what it's actually like you know, see what it would take to start some meetups at home. Uh, and so that's kind of where I've been for the last like year and a half, exploring what the community is, how it works in other places, how it might work at home. And yeah, so that's kind of where I am now. So I have a, a side business. It's still, I'm not full-time WordPress freelancing. Um, I don't know if I ever will be, um, but it's, it's something I still do on the side. I it allows me to be very picky about who my clients are. <laughs> um, so I kind of decide who I want to work with um, and what projects interest me enough. Uh, I also do volunteer projects, uh, which I've done a couple. And yeah, so that that's that's my WordPress world right now. I love it. That's, that's, wow, that's just so neat and, and so exciting to 
be in a position where, although you don't have a local community, you're sounds like beginning to realize or have realized the value of that kind of community and now you're on the ground taking steps to figure out how to make that happen in your own backyard of well. That's really neat. Uh, we are at WordCamp US in Nashville and you said for the last year or so you've been going to different WordCamps in different places. Where have you been? Uh, so I've only done a few. Uh, traveling from Jamaica is a little pricey. Um, <laughs> so my first WordCamp was WordCamp Miami which David has made sure to mention at every opportunity that he gets, uh, that they were my gateway. Um, Miami is pretty much the closest major city to us. Um, so that was an easy work camp to start with. And because I lived there, I was also really familiar. So it was, you know, um, not too big a leap. Uh, that was February 2016. And that was, it was an, it was an amazing experience because... Obviously, that was my first time kind of immersing myself in the WordPress space. And everybody was just so friendly and everybody gets so excited when they hear that I'm from Jamaica and they want to know what's the community like in Jamaica. And everybody's like, when are you going to have a WordCamp? Word <laughs> we all come want to, to Jamaica. To Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was fantastic. And I, I kind of spent most of the rest of that year trying to figure out, okay, when can I get to my next WordCamp? You know, I have to kind of figure out timing and the budget and you know how to make all of that happen and I was hoping to go back to work at Miami this year but I had a clash in my schedule because I had something else uh, the same weekend but for my own professional life in a broader context I was doing a couple of things in 2017 and I decided to fit WordPress into that because I wanted to speaking was going to become kind of part of what I was doing strategically for 2017. And so I decided, okay, this year I'm also, I'm going to speak at a WordCamp. I've only been to one, but it doesn't look that hard. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I told myself. Um, but I guess I looked at it and I realized that in general, the community seems to be very open to new speakers, um, less experienced speakers, uh, people who are newer to the community, telling their stories in their way. And so I said, well, okay, everybody seems really interested when I speak to them casually. So maybe they'll be interested if I have something, you know, presenting. And so I applied to speak at WordCamp Ottawa uh, in July. So that was my first time speaking. And the Ottawa community was amazing. Um, they were so excited uh, when they accepted my talk. Um, that's Sean has, yeah. you know, Sean is... <laughs> I definitely count him as one of my biggest WordCamp fans right now. Um, he was so excited to have me come. Uh, it was actually really funny because they all made a big deal about my coming all the way from Jamaica, except it actually takes less time to fly from Jamaica to Ottawa than it did for the people coming from California. <laughs> so, you know, I had to keep pointing that, pointing out that it wasn't that big a deal for me to actually travel to Ottawa. Um but that was a fantastic, I had a great time in July and somewhere around the same time, because I think applications were, were much earlier in the year, around maybe April, okay. I think for WordCamp US. And I saw the deadline and I said, well, you know, why not? And so I actually submitted two talks for WordCamp US and they selected one of them. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't quite expect that to happen, <laughs> yeah. but I guess I'm, I'm going to have to now figure out how do I get to a second WordCamp this year. And then the scholarship came up and I applied for that. And 
that worked out. <laughs> and so I was like, awesome. And so here I am, because I, I had seen the news about the previous WordCamp US uh, events, uh, thought about coming, but just didn't have it in my budget or the schedule to, to make it. And so I was super excited to be able to come to this one. And I've had a fantastic time. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've loved it. I'm hoping to be back next year. Good. I love your sort of why not attitude. You're just going for it. Yeah, that definitely. Uh, I think any of my friends, if you ask them. Uh, so like I mentioned, the various opportunities that I've taken to go and live in Belgium when I was 18. Um, to go live in Miami. I went and lived in Italy. And each each time my philosophy has kind of been, ah, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I suppose on some level, the absolute worst, you know, would have been, I would have been alone and, you know, lost in a, a city on the other side of the world. But I don't actually think about it like that. My thing is the absolute worst that can happen is I don't like it and I go back home. Right. And so if that's the worst that could happen, why not take the chance? Like yeah. I'd rather take the chance and say, okay, that didn't work for me. I didn't like that. I won't do it again, then not do it. And then I'm left wondering, what did I miss? Like, what would it have been a fantastic opportunity? Would I have become a totally different person if I had done it? So I'd rather take the chance and decide it's not for me than skip it altogether. Yeah, well, that's worked out for you. So yeah. far, so good, yes. So that's that kind of, let's see where it goes. Let's give it a try. Let's let it be adventurous is, is really interesting. And it leads me to want to ask you to share with us your definition of success, personal, professional, or otherwise. And we didn't give you much time to think about this in advance, <laughs> so I'm going to continue to string out this question for another few seconds while I, I give you a chance to think about it and pull some thoughts together. Realizing that it doesn't necessarily have to be your final answer, just as right. we see it now. Or think of um, it. All right, well, definitely in a personal context... I, so I do kind of have a life philosophy, which is that we are the sum of our choices. And every single choice that you make, you know, it's the consequences of those choices that kind of lead you in a direction. And so it means a couple of things. It means I don't, I don't focus on regrets. So if I make a choice, I don't like the consequences. I don't sit and go, oh my God, that was terrible. Why did I do that? I learn from it and I say, well, okay, that was my choice. Clearly, this didn't quite work the way I wanted. Let me choose something different. Um, what that kind of forms into is that definitely in my personal life, success for me is being in that place where I am making my own choices and I'm happy with those choices. Like, that's a successful life for me. If I'm constantly in a place where I'm, I feel like I'm being forced into a choice or I'm miserable with my choices, but I'm still making them anyway, that's, I'm, that's I, I can't imagine living like that. But I know people that do. And I, I look at, I feel really bad for them <laughs> because I think that's a terrible way to live your life. And if you're going to spend every day miserable with the choices that you're making, I don't see how, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't, actually understand how people can continue in that direction because that seems just willfully painful yeah um so success for me definitely uh obviously my philosophy makes that relatively easy since i don't linger on bad choices um but that's 
that's kind of what I'm always looking to do. So I'm always trying to make the choice that I think is going to make me happier. Mm -hmm. um, and it, what that means obviously changes as I grow. You know, what makes me happy now at 41 is not necessarily what made me happy at 21. Um, but I don't regret the choices that I've made and I don't regret where I've ended up. Um, and so I'm quite happy with my life and the way it has turned out. Um, there definitely are things I might have done differently. Sure. But I, yeah, that's kind of how I define success. And that's yeah. how I kind of always choose the direction that I'm going to go in next. Well, it fits in with what you said about sort of taking chances and, yeah. and making choices that are risks. Yes. Yeah. And I, it does, it, it's similar in my professional life. I, I tend to use the same philosophy. Um, my career trajectory has not been that straight line that a lot of my friends have had. I did have friends, you know, from we were kids, they knew they wanted to be the doctor, the lawyer, the engineer, and that was awesome. And I've, you know, I'm really happy for them. I have some very successful friends in their careers and, you know, they're thrilled with the path they've taken. They, you know, they've reached where they wanted to reach and that's amazing. And they look at me and I've only ever had one job that lasted for two years and I'm okay with it because yeah. I've always just chosen if I start to be really unhappy with where I am in a job, um, in a particular direction with my career, then I choose something different and I move in a direction that I think will make me happier. And that's kind of been my journey. So it's been a little bit for some people what they, they definitely think it's been a, a meandering path without a clear direction. Um, I am now actually finding a coherent direction in all of the stuff that I've done. Um, and so I'm happy. That's great. Where do you see yourself in say five years or Ooh, I hate when people ask that question. <laughs> I do too, actually. Not fair. <laughs> I hate when people ask that question. I have no idea. Yeah. I, because of the philosophy that I have, it's very difficult for me to picture five years out. Yeah. Um, because I, that, to, to a point that kind of requires sort of a straight line thinking. Yeah. And I don't, it's hard to picture a straight line from today yeah. to a point five years in the future. I don't know how to do that. Um, if you're just doing the same things that you're doing now, that sounds like you're happy now. But maybe, uh, right, maybe but then I don't know change, where that's right? going to take me. Like, I can't say where that will have me in five years. Yeah. Um, I don't doubt that I will be happy and still think of myself as yeah. a success, but I may not be doing anything like what I'm doing today. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. So that question is always a little bit tricky for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I never know how to say where, I'd be, answer, where I might see I myself in five yeah, years. If you turned that around on me, I, I wouldn't know what to say either. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll ask you this, following on from that wonderful definition, definition of success, what is the single most important thing you do every day to keep looking forward and to not let regret creep in, not let negative regret creep in? How does it, what do you do it? Uh, I would say it is, it's simply being aware. So it's, it's paying attention to what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, what's going around me, going on around me, um, who the people are that are around me, because that obviously factors a lot into whether I like the choices that I'm making. If I don't like the people I'm around, 
then clearly <laughs> I may need to make a different choice. So it's really about being aware. Um, it's not falling into that day-to-day rut where, yep. you know, three years have passed and you realize you're in the same place. That has never actually happened to yeah. me. <laughs> Definitely not in my professional life. Hardly ever in my personal life. Um, but that's definitely something that I do quite a bit is is just kind of paying attention and being aware. Um, I'm not one of those people that has that daily gratitude journal practice that I, a lot of people recommend. I've never done that. Um, but I'm very conscious throughout every day how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking. If something is it doesn't feel right, then I'll kind of take a step back and say, okay, hold on, what's going on here? Why is this not working? Um, when something is fantastic or it feels great, I usually make a note of it. I make a mental note and file it away and say, okay, this was, this was really good. Let me pay attention to that and see, can I do more things like this? Um, so that's, that's, that's what I'd say. I definitely do every day. That's great. This, this philosophy you have, this looking forward, this constructive movement ahead to make yourself happy by paying attention to what you think and feel sounds very healthy. And you speak about it with a lot of enthusiasm. Yes. And so you, I can tell it's very clear you're very, you very much believe what you're saying and you're not just making an answer. And it sounds like you've been doing it for a while now. And I wonder if you could just tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about, is this something that you've done since you were a child or since a teenager? Is it something that over time you realized, I find myself not being happy when I'm regretful and worrying about the past? Or how, how did this come to be for you? Or how um, did you make it happen? It's not something that I would say I was doing uh, since as a child. When we're children, we're very self-absorbed. We, <laughs> you know, we either do exactly what we're told or we do whatever we want. Um, and there's really no middle ground. There's no balance. There's no compromise. Um, but I think... Definitely somewhere in my 20s, I started to kind of, partly because by then, having graduated with my first degree, I was into the working world. I wasn't super thrilled with what I was doing as a programmer. It wasn't exciting to me. I wasn't feeling challenged most of the time. And that was when I kind of started to think, I saw other people around me who seemed, I mean, you know, people always present a, a strong outer face, but they seemed to be happy with what they were doing. They were happy with their lives. They were happy with where it was going. And I definitely started to think from then, okay, how do I get that? How do I find where I feel good? Uh, it still took me a while to figure it out. Um, but... Interest, it was around the same time that I started working with WordPress and putting mm-hmm. on my personal site um, because that, so at the time I was actually approaching 30 and I was now doing quite a bit of self-exploration and that's actually why blogging kind of became a thing for me mm-hmm. because I was using it to, it was a very personal blog at the time and I was sharing my observations about life and about myself and about um whatever, I mean, whatever I was doing with my work life, uh, what was making me happy, what was making me unhappy. Um, So I was doing a lot of self-exploration. And I actually did start a process uh, shortly after that, maybe in about 2007, which, 
funnily enough, this is about the fourth or fifth time I've ended up explaining this to somebody in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, at least now it's recorded and you can send them to the, <laughs> yes. the timestamp in the show. What I actually used to send people to my blog and say, yeah, I wrote a post about this. You could just read this <laughs> yeah. instead of us having this conversation. Um, but I started a process uh, which took the place of setting New Year's resolutions. So I, while I was blogging, I no longer blog as actively as I used to, but while I was still blogging regularly, I used to do what was very common at the time, which was a year-end review. So a lot of bloggers used to do this year-end review and they'd look at what they'd done through the year and figure out what they wanted to do in the next year. And I started that process, but I realized that New Year's resolutions didn't really work for me because it was very much... The way most people do it, it's kind of a pass-fail scenario. You know, you kind of, you either stick to it or you don't. And most people, before the end of January, resolutions are gone out the window. And they say, oh, that's it. I'll try again next year. And that didn't seem to be very productive to me. Um, not if you were actively trying, you know, to, to grow and to develop. So over the last 10 years, I've kind of fine-tuned my own process. Um which, so I do start, I look back at my year and I look at what worked and what didn't. Um, I'm not necessarily doing it in a structured way. I definitely don't write it down in the same way that I used to. Um, but I do still do that process, usually in the period leading up to my birthday, which falls in November. Um, so that's kind of where my year begins and ends is at my birthday. And in looking at what worked and what didn't, I start identifying what do I feel was missing overall from my entire year. And it's usually I'm identifying a trait in myself or a characteristic that I think I, I should work on, that mm -hmm. I feel would have made the year that just ended work much better. And so what I do is I actually choose a theme for my next year. And yes, it's when Love I describe it, 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 it sounds it, it sounds no. fantastic. It's something it just happens in my head, but um, because I've now had to explain it to people, I'm starting to kind of figure out a way to explain it. So I choose a theme, um, and it's usually a one word or one to three word mantra, or you know. Um, and so I've chosen different things. I have um, let me think what were some of them. I'm not even remembering now. One year it was foundation where I was trying to go back to basics and um, go back to things that I know had worked for me in the past that I had maybe left behind and so could kind of go back to those and, you know, reground myself. Um, 2017 was actually the year of me. So it was really just about recentering myself and putting myself back in the center uh, instead of focusing on too much on other people to the detriment of myself. Yeah. Um, and so I was doing that in personal and professional life, just kind of trying to get back to what is it that works for me and makes me happy. Um, and 2018's theme is actually going to be self-discipline because I got quite a bit done in 2017, but I think I'd have been much more productive if I had had a more structured, disciplined approach around it. So 2018 is a year of self-discipline. And once I choose a theme, um, I, I use the wheel of life approach, which um, divides your life into you know, about eight segments. It looks at health, it looks at finances, career, relationships. And I, I decide based, 
again, based on what was missing from my previous year, which areas I'm going to focus on. Um, so I don't, I don't, and that's why I don't like resolutions because it, as I said, it's kind of a pass fail. You either do it or you don't. Um, I choose an area of focus and within those areas of focus, I then, you know, try to figure out what habits am I going to try and develop? What am I going to work on? So it ends up being less of a, did I make it or not? And more of a, how well did I do along the scale the process, of getting right. to that? Yeah. Um, so it's definitely a lot more about the process and the journey. Um, so it means I never reach the end of a year and think to myself, oh, I failed. This was a terrible year. It's always going to be, okay, I wasn't as far along as I might have liked to have been. How could I do it better? Um, and so it's a much more positive outlook. And um, it's to me, it's definitely far more personally inspiring and motivating. Um, so that's kind of the approach that I take. I'm feeling inspired just listening. <laughs> yeah, I know. You were very thoughtful about the way that you approach your life. And, uh, I'm glad you spent that time about 10 years ago or so. You said thank you for that. It, yeah, it's, it's been a process. It's been yeah. a process. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about where some of this comes from. I know Liam was asking if it's been something that, uh, that you've had your whole life, but have you had is it influences from your parents? And, and we like to also ask people about advice. What advice you've received that maybe has fostered this this approach? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody goes through their life without being influenced by other people. I don't think that's possible. Um, so definitely I've had a lot of influences. My parents, for sure. I'm very close to my mom. Um, but I also, I read a lot, um, both on and offline. So I also get very inspired by, I get inspired by process thinkers. Um, so people who, who kind of take this approach, kind of breaking down what they're doing, what they're thinking, figuring out, is there a structure underlying all of this? Is there a way I can make this better? Um, and yeah, I guess I have just, you know, compiled things from, people in my real life and people in my online life and yeah. people in, in books that I've read and, and just, you know, made it my own. Taking it to heart. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, in terms of advice that I've gotten, um, it's hard to even single out any one person because I do take advice from lots of people. Um, one of the recurring themes that I have heard as long as I can remember is about being being yourself, uh, you know, definitely from my parents. My parents, you know, they're both doctors, but neither myself nor my sister went into medicine. And people often ask, they're like, didn't your parents want you to be doctors? And I'm like, I have no idea. They never said it. <laughs> that's just, that's not how they were. They would never have thought to say, well, we're doctors. You should become a doctor too. That wouldn't have occurred to them. Um, they very much were like, no, well, choose what you like to do. What subjects, you know, would you like to study? What would you like to do at university? Decide for yourself. Yeah. Um, and so I've always kind of taken that with me. It never occurred to me that there was something I should do or I should become. It, I was allowed to kind of figure it out. And definitely I've always taken that with me. It's just about being myself and figuring out what's authentic to me. It's a good combination of, of them letting you have that flexibility and independence, but you also, coming back to what we talked about, you 
you would kind of taking the opportunity to say, why not, and doing it. Yeah. So using that independence yeah. to try out, try things out. It's really great. And I, I mean, I know definitely as parents, I mean, I'm not a parent, my sister is, you don't, her kids are still really young, so I don't think she's even reached this part of her thought process yet. But when I look at my friends as parents and seeing how my parents were, you're obviously not always going to agree with what your children think, with what they want to do. But you have to reach that point of sometimes allowing them to learn for themselves, yeah. basically. And I think that's, that's really what my parents did. So a lot of times when I sort of have this decision in front of me and I go, you know, I'll go to them and I say, well, what do you think? And I say, well, what do you think? You know, what are, which way are you leaning? And I'll say to them, well, this is why I think it would work. This is why I think it would, wouldn't. And I say, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. And they, they eventually, if I pressure them, <laughs> you know, they may say, well, if this was me, maybe what I'd do is, but you still need to decide. And, you know, definitely my why not approach, they've kind of let me have that. Yeah. So when I say, well, what's the worst that could happen? Is I don't like it, I come back home. And I say, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And then they support me in, you know, my going off and having these adventures. And... So far, so good. That's worked for you. Yeah. Yeah. So far, so good. That's great. Yeah. Glad to hear it. So I think we're just about out of time. Okay. We'd love to hear you um, share with us where people can find you or they can read that blog that you're talking about <laughs> uh, and any other um, resources that you'd like to share. Uh, well, I am definitely very, very findable on Google. If you can spell my last name, you can find me. Okay. Um, Bianca Wells, and that's Wells with a D. So I'm at BiancaWells.com and Bianca Wells on Twitter. Uh, that's uh, I, Twitter is where I spend most of my time, so that's the easiest place to find me. Um, I really have not been writing actively on my blog, but if you're interested in pouring over my old archives, they are still there. Um, I don't delete stuff, so um, all my old thoughts on a lot of this um they're still there on my blog i'm still hoping to get back into blogging so we'll see what happens in 2018 as part of my self-discipline theme the writing is actually one of the areas that i've noted down that i'd like to improve so excellent thank you so much for joining us thanks for coming to this has been an absolute pleasure thank you so much well thanks thanks for asking um it it really was it was great well it's a treat to actually record holiday chats in the, in the hallway. hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly from the, awesome. the background sound, this has been in the hallway. We love meeting you and uh, thanks for sharing your story. No problem, guys. No problem. This was great. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, Ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.